Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. And a little solo action this week. Will had some things to take care of, and we did release an episode at the end of last week. But as we continue to get closer to the season, we plan to do more interviews with new faces of the big three. This week, we have Ballhog's newest member, Jody Meeks. Before we get to the interview, make sure you guys are following our social channels at Fourth Man Pod at Big Three News subscribing and liking over at YouTube, youtube.com slash fourth man pod. And for those of you listening on Dash Radio this Saturday afternoon, we appreciate you guys as always, whether you're a first time listener or you're a repeat listener. That being said, let's get to the interview with NBA vet, NBA champ, and Ball Hogs newest member, Jody Meeks. Joining us today is NBA veteran, NBA champion, and a recent ball hogs draftee, Jody Meeks. Welcome to the show, and thanks again for coming on. Thanks, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Looking forward to, uh, to, to doing this interview and uh, get started with the league. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Super exciting to see you in the league, and it was super exciting when your name popped up on the draft pool. Uh, let me ask you this. You know, how's the training going for the upcoming summer? I mean, do you ever really stop training as a professional athlete? Not really, man. Uh, you know, I'm still working out probably five, six times a week, um, doing something, whether it's on the court or uh, in the weight room, conditioning, something. So um, the past probably year and a half uh, since I've stopped, since I haven't been on the team, uh, I've just been nonstop in the gym, uh, waiting for an opportunity. And, um, you know, this is one of the opportunities that I was looking for. So just trying to go in and showing what I can still do and what I've been yeah. doing for um, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, pretty wild to me that you're not on team either, especially coming off a championship year. But we'll talk about that a little bit. And I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about some of your days, uh, you know, early on in your NBA career. But I want to start here because, you know, 2019, obviously a great year for you because you won your first NBA championship there with the Toronto Raptors. But doing a little research and also kind of to find out that, you know, you're from the the george area norcross more specifically i'm kind of from that same area oh yeah um, yeah yeah i'm from like the sandy springs area is where i was recently at but i, I okay. was born in gwinnett county over there and saw yeah. that your your jersey retirement was also that same year after winning the championship it was yeah looking right back like uh 15 years ago i guess you know um i'm sure you believed in what you could accomplish obviously uh, but mm-hmm. do you feel like, you know, you've succeeded those or you're succeeding those expectations? You know what, man? It's always a dream to have um, things like that happen, you know, make it to the league. Um, well, first, make it to a high division one, um, play well, make it to the league um, and, play, and stay for years. You know, that's always a kid's dream when he's a basketball player. Um, but for that to come into fruition and um, actually happen is <clears throat> definitely a blessing and I couldn't have scripted any, any better, you know, winning a championship. If, if that was my last time on a team and, and playing in the NBA, that was, that was, I went out like Michael Jordan, I feel like, you know, on top. So, <laughs> For sure. Uh, I hope that's not the end, but if it is, you know, I'm at peace with it. So 
Um, Jersey retirement was in December of 2019. Um, I had, you know, all my friends and family there and uh, it seemed surreal, you know, going there as a, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kid, um, you dream of one day that happening and life is short and life goes by fast. You know what I mean? So to fast forward 15 years and that happening, it's like, man, I remember playing this court. I remember uh, my coach, you know, pushing me and all that. And to see everybody came out and supported me, uh, my teammates and uh, family members, it was, it was great. It was a great night. That's awesome. Yeah, it's got to be a good feeling. And just it's almost like, you know, all that hard work has has paid off or it's like living up to that moment. It's kind of all where it started, the foundation. So super cool to see that. Obviously, 2019 was a great year, but, you know, going back to early on in your NBA career, you, you actually had the opportunity to play with a, a lot of you know, bigger names, more prominent names there. And then starting with the, you know, the Lakers, your first season, that was, that was kind of the case, you know, Kobe, obviously, uh, Pal Gasol, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, uh, probably a couple more on there as well. I mean, first and foremost, what were the locker rooms like on a game to game basis with, you know, playing alongside some of those guys? Well, I feel like I should have had at least two championships because that we were stacked that year. Uh, <laughs> that, I think that was my, that was my fourth year. Okay. in the league so uh coming in i just came from um i got drafted by milwaukee and then i went to philly for two and a half three years um so i feel like i was you know on kind of like a dream team so i was looking forward to just being you know kobe's backup learning which i did learn a lot and coming in off the bench and giving a lot of energy knocking down open shots and things of that sort um but everybody i feel like that year got injured including myself um we were bounced out in the first round but i learned a lot that year um, and so when Kobe injured his, um, his Achilles at the end of that year, that automatically turned my switch in my mind to, Hey, you know, it's time to show everybody what you can do. Um, you potentially have a chance to start in the league again, cause I started in Philly. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So I ended up, you know, playing really well that year, that next year, which was my fifth year and, um, you know, showing the world what I could do. And the locker rooms were, the locker rooms were priceless, man. It's everything you can think of from, uh, Meta World Peace at Dwight Howard to Kobe. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. A couple fights and all that type of oh, stuff. Sure. <laughs> so, um, it was great, though. I, I learned a lot as a, as a young kid. I was 24, 25 years old. So um, you don't really ex know what to expect going into a situation like that, but you just try to uh, learn as much as possible. Yeah, I'm 26 right now. and just thinking of the idea of being <laughs> in a locker room with some of those guys. It's just like yeah. blasphemy right now. Do you feel mm -hmm. like Kobe was pretty supportive, you know, of you, you know, after tearing his Achilles? Obviously, he's a guy that we know very well that's very ingrained in the game, whether you're in the NBA brotherhood or outside perspective. But do you feel like he's pretty mm -hmm. supportive, uh, you know, being on the sidelines and and him stepping in? Are you stepping into his role? Yeah, man. Well, you know, first off, first and foremost, RIP to him. You know, that was definitely. definitely a tragic day. Um, and I was actually in L.A. when it happened. Uh, but... He was definitely like a big brother to me. As soon as I stepped foot in LA, um, you know, I, I had a couple of workouts with him up in uh, Orange County where he was living and where he's where his wife is from and all that. So I got a, got a chance to experience, you know, what not a lot of people got to experience, you know, early workouts, 530 in the morning. And, uh, he was just he was just really supportive of me, uh, knowing that I was going to be his backup. And then when he got injured, you know, he was even more supportive, uh, telling me, you know, different things that could help me watching film with me, uh, texting me even at like halftime or something like that, what he saw from from his house or from uh, the locker room. So, 
it was uh it was it was a great you know two years to have that type of access and that type of relationship with someone like that um and even when i saw him you know a few years after that uh he would you know when i saw him it was hey what's up man? how you doing and my some of my teammates were looking like hey you know him like well, we, were <laughs> we were teammates you yeah. know but a lot of people don't get that access to him because he's he was pretty closed off but it was nice to have that uh, relationship with him for sure i can only imagine and, and like you said rest in peace um, to the late great Kobe Bryant. I'm sure this is a question that you get asked probably more so in your inner circle than the outside world, but do you have any great Kobe stories or any memorable stories that really just kind of sit with you and you look back on? Yeah, I have uh, definitely have one that stuck out to me, which gave me a lot of confidence. Um, I, know, I remember we were in Brooklyn. This is, uh, I want to say, this is when like Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce and all those guys were the oh, first okay. year. <laughs> um, I was having a, I was I wasn't shooting the ball particularly well, um, and so I came out the game, and was I was on the bench. You know, Coach Antonio took me out, which you know I probably couldn't hit anything in the first half. And I was uh, I was looking down. He was like, you know, what's going on, man? You, you know, you here tonight? And I'm like, man, I can't really hit a shot tonight. And man, I just I'm, I'm messing up. And so he looked at me and was just like, hey, you know, what's our position? And I, you know, I thought it was kind of like a trick question, like. <laughs> A shooting, shooting guard? And he was like, no, seriously, what's our position? And I said, you know, shooting guard. And he was like, exactly. You know, we shoot and we guard. We don't worry about, you know, mistakes. We don't worry about missed shots. We don't worry about percentages. And to have that um, interaction and that, what he said to me that night, it just, my confidence took off because he didn't care about, you know, how many shots I missed. He was going to pass it to me. And so after that, I, you know, I was a pretty confident player before that, but after that, it just gave me all the confidence in the world. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, if, if Kobe says keep shooting, you just keep, you just do what he says and keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> and you're out on the court with him, and he's passing it to me probably the most as as the shooter. And so yeah. I was like, I got to make him proud. Let me hit this. You know what I mean? So definitely, that's <laughs> definitely. pretty that's pretty dope. Uh -huh. um, you know, being a, I'm sure playing alongside Kobe and all those guys with the Lakers is is one of the more memorable memorable moments in your career. But I gotta I gotta think the other one is when. 2019 happens and you get a chance to see Kawhi firsthand hitting that shot against the Sixers in the Eastern Conference semis finals. You know, you were the one of the first of many teammates to tackle him. Uh, I had after, the team on the uh, jumping on him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, jumping on him. Um, but, you know, what was it, I guess, what was the experience like just kind of being in the huddle right before that last play and then I guess, what were, what were you kind of feeling? Was it almost like slow motion for you when the ball's bouncing off the rim as many times as it did? Yeah, well, first off, I didn't play um, a lot, a lot, but um, I played a little bit in that series. So it, that was one of the, you know, mental, the one of the most uh, mental series I've ever been in. You know, it was like, we won the first game, we lost the second game. They won game three and we won game four. So every time we felt like, you know, we had an edge or we had the momentum, we never really did, you know? And right. so it's one of those series to where it, they could have easily beaten us, you know, because even in that game seven, we had like two guys foul out. And so I was getting my mind ready, like, okay, if, if someone else fouls out, he goes in overtime, like, I got to be ready because, you know, we don't have a lot of bodies left. Uh, but I just remember going, him driving to the to the sideline where our bench was, and when he shot it, I'm like, ah, oh, man, we're going overtime. But somehow, like, it caught the edge of the front of the rim, bounced up, caught the back of the side of the rim, bounced again. And when it was sitting there, 
and it went in. I was excited, but I didn't, I couldn't remember if we won or if we tied, but I knew, <laughs> I knew we hadn't lost. Right. So it's just all the emotion came out. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah, we won. You know what I mean? So then like most of these comes finals as far as furthest I had ever been at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was ended up winning the championship, but it was just a lot of emotions coming out and knowing that that series was so tough uh, for everybody. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, I was going to say, there hasn't really been a shot like that, but the other night with that little oop with DeAndre Ayton, I don't, it wasn't really a shot, obviously, he's dunking mm -hmm. it, but I was probably like a, a second runner-up to like one of the most incredible shots I've seen, at least live. Um, yeah, that was crazy. I was watching that. I was watching that again. <laughs> yeah, uh, my boy's a big Suns fan, so just to see them doing well now, and obviously I'm rooting mm -hmm. for them, it's, it's pretty wild. But Yeah. Okay, 2019, obviously you guys move on. We know the rest of the story. You guys win it all. What was the championship parade like in Toronto? Because from what I know, very, yeah. very appreciative fans out there. Mm -hmm. And you posted a you posted a photo on Instagram uh, because of the two-year anniversary, like maybe a week ago or so. Yeah, yeah. Just that picture alone, it's just like mind-boggling. Yeah, it was uh it was something that you can't even really explain. You know, growing up, I used to always watch the my team was the Bulls with Michael Jordan, Scottie mm -hmm. Pippen guys. So watching the championship parade. Of those guys is always as a, as a little boy you're like man i hope one day this could be me you know and fast forward to you know years and years later it was like three and a half million people from we went like two miles from where our practice facility was to the stage and it okay. took like six hours to get there so from that from the practice facility to the stage it was it was like three and a half million people flooded the streets and everything so i was it was just basically like wow like Toronto is like a hidden gem in this world. You know what I mean? So obviously it's not in the U.S., but yeah. it's very nice. It's kind of like a melting pot. You know what I mean? So everybody yeah. just in from all diversities and um, ethnicities, so yeah. to say. And it's just, it's a great place. I, I enjoyed it for uh, my season there. And uh, obviously we won, but it was just a great place to be. Definitely. Uh, I, I like Toronto too. It's a lot of diversity, but I think it's cool that basketball brings a lot of people together. Um, especially, you know, when the only for the only team that's in, you know, a uh, country outside of the U.S. So it's really cool to see. OK, so I learned a lot about hockey, too, honestly. Uh, <laughs> first hockey jersey. And I never have really been someone that watched hockey. But, yeah. you know, in Canada, they love it. So I'm like, let me let me go ahead and purchase a jersey or something like that. So <laughs> I need to take a trip up there because I, I can't get into it. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe uh, just not my time yet, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So that was – that's the last time you played in the NBA for whatever reason. Seems kind of odd to, to end there. But like you said, you're satisfied with what you're doing and you're getting an op another opportunity now in the big three. Why, why the big three? First off, you know, how has this been something that you've been tuned into the first three years and, and, why, and why now? I watched it a little bit. Um, okay. I feel like – you know, with the pandemic going on and um, I've, I've had a chance to go overseas and I just had um, I had two twin girls. Uh, so I didn't want to leave. Them. Thank you. It's, it's a hassle, but <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't want to leave them the first year, year and a half, um, you know, over here and me not see them. And who knows if I would have been able to get back and all that type of stuff. Right. So I decided not to. So I just kept working out. Um, and then I saw the big three, which. I love to play basketball, so it doesn't matter sure. if it's three, five, five, four, and four. Um, I just want to play, so um, I'm going in just trying to, you know, have fun, enjoy the competition. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've actually played, but 
uh, also to show people I can still play. You know, For I sure. still I don't feel like I've lost a step or anything like that. And the way my game is, um, it's not like I've ever been, you know, super athletic like Russell Westbrook or LeBron or anything like that. I'm, you know, shooting, coming off pin downs mm-hmm. uh, of that sort. Like Kyle Corver played till he was almost 40. Yeah. Uh, Matthews is still in. He's, you know, not old, but he's not in his 20s anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like that. So uh, I feel like I have the same type of game. Um, and I'm a scorer, you know, I'm looked at as probably a spot shooter more so than a scorer, but I've been a scorer my whole life. So just looking yeah. forward to the opportunity and the competition, f- first and foremost. Yeah, a lot of people, if they saw you play in college, we obviously know the scoring punch you can bring. Uh, and then obviously <laughs> with your Lakers days as well, I feel like. Yeah, uh, man. That year, year Kobe was uh, out. Yeah, well, people don't realize that, you know, in the NBA, they, sometimes they have you play a, a specific role, but that doesn't mean you can't do other things. Um, and I was more than happy to play that role, you know, but a lot of times, uh, perfect example, Cameron Payne is balling right now, right, for the Suns? <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's just the opportunity that he's in. You know, I'm sure he's always been a good player. He just yeah. hasn't had to So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys like that that just need an opportunity. Definitely. And I, I like that the big three provides one. I think to people, just fans in general forget it's kind of the out of sight, out of mind mentality where it's like, oh, you did this, but I haven't seen it in three years. So don't really mm-hmm. remember what you can do. All we know is what you're doing now. Um, what was the uh, combine experience like? Did you have an idea about, you know, ball hogs coming out of it? Because I think I heard from maybe one or two players that, you know, you were initially getting going, involving yourself in the combine and then, um, mm-hmm you were sitting for the rest of it. So what was that experience like? I was excited just to see where my game was at, see what I had lost, see what um, I needed to work on as far as being out for two years, need to, you know, get a little stronger in my legs, get a little game shape. But I feel like I played pretty well, man. I um, only played one game. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> Out of the 27 points, I think I had like 20 or 22 points. So, nice. um, so I mean, you know, just, just hang out over here, man. You'll be all right. So. I didn't expect to go 19th in the draft, but I'm excited about the team that I'm on. Uh, I feel like that fits my game the, the best, so that's all that matters. What were some of the initial conversations? Because, like you said, I was pretty shocked to see you go at 19. My, I think my co-host would, would say the same. We both did a mock draft, and we had you going in the top seven. So what, mm-hmm. was, what were the initial conversations like after the combine and, and maybe leading up to the draft? Uh, there wasn't many conversations. Uh, just, you know, I was going to come in and, and see what I can do in a combine, um, which mm-hmm. I played you know, pretty well, I feel like. And, uh, you know, I don't think the quote unquote, like tampering, I don't think they were able to talk to you for real. But I talked to a few people like Michael Cooper, uh, yeah. Brady, they just said, you know, I was looking good and things of that sort. But uh, they really couldn't tell me, you know, if they're going to draft me, where they're going to. Um, or maybe they could, they just didn't tell me. But. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know where I was going to get drafted. I, I assumed I would get drafted pretty early. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not in like cocky or anything. I just feel like I played really well, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm in a good position now. For sure. Uh, it's kind of hard to try to understand or figure out where people are going because 2019, we saw a lot of guys with probably that were six, seven or taller. So a lot of height go, a lot of bigs go in the first, but then that was a three round draft where like this year is a two year. Two rounds. Mm-hmm. Three so rounds. Kinda, yeah. So it was initially six players. And I guess for whatever reason, what I heard Cube say on the live stream when they were doing the lottery process was that 
they're going to have five players, but they expect to get back to six. But, you know, I think with the pandemic, it's kind of slowed down their initial plans. But I do think that at some point they'll have to expand. There's just a lot of talent. And I think it would yeah. make a lot of sense. Um, so not as many people are left out. But draft night comes. Um, you know, you do go at 19. But did you have any nerves leading up to it? Like, do people – do you still get nerve? Like, did you still get nervous <laughs> being in the draft for a second time? Uh, it was a little anxious just because it, it brings back uh, – vibes of 2009 right so I was like I was a 20 year old kid like oh man I, I'm probably gonna get drafted tonight and you know I assumed I was gonna go in the first round back then as well uh mm -hmm. I did not slip to the second round but which was fine mm -hmm. it worked out but um it was a little anxious you know I was waiting to go to dinner and it kept on waiting and waiting and waiting and finally I was like man I'm gonna go to dinner get out of this <laughs> but, uh it was great it was I had a good time uh watching the draft and uh it's a little extra motivation as well, you For know, sure. falling, uh, which was just like my career. I've always been, I feel like a, the underdog, so to speak. So um, yeah. I'll be ready when game one comes and we'll see what happens. Well, I'm sure Rick Barry's pretty excited about you. Uh, was it, did you get the phone call and everything or how does that work? Did you just see your name and you're like, okay, I guess I'm part of the scene. Yeah, they gave you a, uh, a tablet. <clears throat> oh, okay. Coordinating and telling you, uh, you know when you were next and all that stuff and uh i got the i got a text from okay. uh Rick, brian scarlett Rennie saying congratulations and uh we're looking forward to having you so um, that's dope um what what do you think of your squad you know when you're playing on the same team again as your former teammate spencer hawes who mm -hmm. just has announced that he was a co-captain you know what are kind of your expectations and what do you think of the squad i'm sure you've heard about the status quo of the ball hogs in the first three years yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, me and Spencer were, were together in, uh, in in Philly. Um, mm -hmm. He's a very smart player. He, he's skilled, um, and you don't see that a lot from guys that are seven feet tall. So um, I enjoy playing basketball with guys that are unselfish uh, because I'm unselfish. You know, mm -hmm. be aggressive at the same time, but being unselfish. And, uh, you know, guys like Barbosa, I know he has championship pedigree as well, uh, and he plays the right way. So I'm looking forward to getting out there, like I said, and competing, but at the same time, uh, sharing the core with guys that want to, you know, play the right way. That's cool. Yeah, I think uh, having Rick Barry as a coach, I think you'll see a lot of those, I guess, unselfishness instilled within that team. And, you know, I know he's ready. Him and Scal have been a part of this league since the beginning, and I'm sure it's been tough on them. So yeah. I'm sure that they are ready to to get it done and, and win more than two games in a season. No disrespect to their first two years, but it's just been tough for them. Um, Is that early going. games, the uh, first two seasons? They... So the first season, I can't remember if they won one or two. Last year, they won one, or 2019, they won one. And then the second season, they also won one. So okay. they've won four games leading up to this point. It's been tough on them, like I said. But, you know, I think that's why they kind of ultimately were like, hey, let's just switch things up a little bit. We'll get some new co-captains. Uh, uh -huh. You know, their other co-captains, I think, were involved with other things outside of basketball. So that could have been a reason, too. But they've had gotcha. some un uh, unlucky stuff, too, like, you know, 2019, they drafted a couple guys. One of them was Dusan Balut, who's uh, very well known for his three-on-three -three prowess, being the number one FIBA player. And they drafted him. And that first year, FIBA was like, you can't play in this league if you want to play in the Olympics. This was all before COVID and everything. So, mm -hmm. obviously, was, so that sucked. You didn't get to play him. Like, you're already having to replace him. And then they had Jermaine Taylor, who tore his Achilles week one, too. So, oh man, a lot yeah. of that was unluckiness. But uh, I think their shining moment was they knocked out a team 
and, and that was in contention for the playoffs. So I think they're they're riding high right now, and uh, you yeah, know, obviously got a good team. Uh, you know, coming and helping out, man. You know, yeah. trying Definitely. to better what they've been doing, and uh, I'm I'm uh, thinking I can help out as well as other players as well. So. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, I believe so, too. Uh, I think what's cool about the big three is you get to see a lot of your former teammates. You know, I mentioned Spencer being one of them, but you also play with a few other guys that are playing in the big three for the first time, like yourself. You know, Jordan Hill, Earl Clark, Moose mm -hmm. Bates. Our Williams. Uh, Our Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what do you kind of think of just getting to see those guys again each and every week and kind of your matchups against them? Man, you know what? Basketball, no matter what level you play on, it's like a fraternity. Um, for sure. You know, guy that I played with when I was 17 and it's like, oh, what's up, man? Like, you know, <laughs> I've talked to him since 2005 or whatever, but it's just a great connection. I feel like sports is like that. So um, it'll be good to, uh, you know, see those guys on and off the court, uh, maybe, you know, grab some dinner or whatnot. But um, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, just catching up with guys that former teammates, guys that I've known uh, through the years and, you know, competing against them. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of like you're staying home uh, because, you know, you have your two girls. A lot of people, I think, like playing in the big three because their kids don't get to see them play at an early age, but they get to see them play later in their career. So, you know, mm -hmm. I know your girls are young and everything, but you'll get to when they're old enough, you'll be like, yeah, you got to see me play in the big three. And, you know, yeah, really no, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and who knows if the league is if the league does get as big as I believe it can, you know, you'll be one of the founding fathers and it'll be cool to see your name etched in history books for, you know, yeah. forever. Uh, could be in my forties, man. Like, uh, Sharif, what's his name? Magmu Adu Raouf. Yeah. That man's like 52. I don't know how Chris, he's still doing Chris, it. That's why uh, I know I'm LSU, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. One last question before I let you go here. You know, we talked a little bit about how, we thought it's a little weird that you didn't get another opportunity, at least in the NBA coming off a championship year. But I think what's cool about the big three is now that we have seen a few guys make it back to the NBA, playing a, having a good successful season in the big three, you know, most recently Joe Johnson get an opportunity with the Detroit Pistons in 2019 mm -hmm. after coming off an MVP season. So ultimately is the goal to get back to the NBA or just kind of taking it day by day and seeing what happens. You know what? That'd be, that'd be great if I was able to get back um, off of this, but I'm just going in, trying to have a good time, um, enjoying the experience. Um, and if that happens, it happens. But if not, you know, I'll just be um, enjoying competing, like I said, and enjoying playing basketball again. That's my main focus of, uh, you know, playing, you know, showing people what I can do still, but at the same time, um, just competing. I like the mindset. Well, hey, I appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you this summer with Ball Hogs. And let's get them more than two wins in a season this year. I know you're going to be a big contributor to that. For sure, man. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. All right, that was our interview with Jody Meeks. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Super cool guy. We got some Kobe stories. We got the stories of Kawhi and the shot for Toronto. We got some great stories about his career and what he's planning to do now that he's an NBA champion. And also just get a little insight on what he's looking forward to doing in the big three. So we appreciate you guys who tuned in. Like I said at the beginning of the show, make sure you guys like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating on whatever your preferred podcast platform is, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. We appreciate you guys as always. We'll be back next week with hopefully a couple more interviews, but at least one more player interview and another episode as well. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.